When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 385, and today we are talking about books being released on October 25th, 2022, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Patricia L. Z. Tuttle, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Patricia, hello! Hi, Liberty! How's it going? You know, it's going all right. I am very busy, but as I was telling you earlier before we started recording, the books I read for this show are kind of like my last required reading for the year. And so now through the end of the year, I'm just going to like consume all the books um, I ever want to read. And I have a lot of graphic novels and manga to get through to try to meet my I'm still gonna try to meet my reading goal even though I've been reading less so we'll see we'll see how it goes how are you I'm good well you know everyone feel bad for Patricia for like one second who had to listen to me rant for like 15 minutes about I don't know five six subjects that were were stressing me out (laughs) but it's okay what I didn't tell you Patricia is that last night so the NBA season has started and as you know I love watching the NBA games, not just the Celtics, who are my favorites, but like all of them. But last night, the second Celtics game had just started and our our computer died, which is how we watch TV. Like we have a big computer and it's like 13 years old. And I felt like such a stereotype. I was like, oh, I'm trying to watch the game. Oh, the game. I got to see the game. You know, so we had to go buy a new TV this morning. So that I can watch the game tonight. And I was like, again, I feel like such a stereotype. I'm like, I gotta see my game. But yeah. So that was annoying. Dad liberty but, here. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's funny because I've never purchased a new television. Like in my life. I've had t- people give me TVs and then not had a television for, you know, a dozen years before I moved in here. And we started using Pete's computer. And so I did not know what to expect. You know, I was like, I want a computer. They're like, yeah, that's just a smart TV. And they don't cost nearly as much as I was expecting. So that was great. Huh, now that you mentioned that, I'm like, oh, have I ever bought a TV? Like, I think I've just had them given to me, yeah. like cast offs. And then the TV we have is Nicole's TV that she had before we even started dating like it's ancient but it works it works for us but we had a similar feeling recently um we are going to go to a friend's um next weekend maybe and carve pumpkins out on their deck and nicole and i were like oh we have to buy pumpkins and then oh i actually haven't carved a pumpkin in adulthood because i've lived in apartments (laughs) and so i'm like how much does a pumpkin cost? I don't even like, <laughs> I was like, I don't, is it 20, 40, I don't understand. And our friend's like, we got these from the grocery store for $8 each. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Pumpkin, like, I don't do pumpkin carving because I just fall over when I walk. So I figure, like, why risk, <laughs> you know, my digits? But I do like to paint and use, like, Sharpies on pumpkins, which yes. is fun. And they are not very expensive. I, myself, was at the grocery store last week, and they had this huge display of pumpkins out in front of the grocery store. And they were all, like, you know, giant, you know, bigger than basketballs. And then there was this one that was, like, half the size, and it had these weird green and white lumps on top of it that mm. were like the size of eggs that looked like watermelons had grown on top of the pumpkin <laughs> and i was like i want that one and the man's like don't you want this man like sitting next to me was like don't you want a different one and i was like no i want that one no i want the someone needs to give teenage this a mutant ninja pumpkin <laughs> exactly and then i was like shopping with my pumpkin and and i was thinking like what is this gonna cost me uh, the answer would be three forty nine. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, yeah, we don't know the price of pumpkins um, or televisions. It, it, the television is—it's it, so big. I, I don't even know what to do. But it was the only one that they had in stock. It, my brother used to sell TVs. It was the one that he recommended. And so, yeah, I'm going to try and set it up. So if you hear some swearing, Patricia, from where you are, it's probably just me at my house trying to set up my new television. <laughs> But, yeah, I was like, oh, it's going to need all these cables and all these things. And, nope, these TVs come with everything now. Oh they have gosh. all the apps to all the streaming services, like, built in. They have Wi-Fi built in. They have all the stuff. Oh, wow. So, yeah. The lady that sold it to me was, I kept asking. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, all right, I'm just going to get it. So I'm kind of excited. Basketball game is going to look huge. <laughs> going to be awesome. <laughs> Shout out to all my friends out there who listen to the show and also watch NBA games. There are a few of them. I get some messages. It's great. Including my Celtics friends. It's pretty fun. Oh, that's lovely. So, yeah. We're going to talk about books now. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to hear from our first sponsor. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, so this is very exciting. Uh, before I tell you about my first pick for today, I want to remind you that Reading the Stars, Astrology for Book Lovers by Book Riot is out now. It's out and it's beautiful. My local indie had it. I picked it up and I didn't even realize it was going to be in hardcover, which was more like exciting because it's just gorgeous and full of color and it's a little hardcover. It's beautiful and you will love it too. Are you a Libra who prefers balance and fairness or a Pisces whose emotional intelligence demands a vulnerable memoir? Reading the stars will help you better understand how your zodiac sign shapes your reading life 
and offers book recommendations to help you build on your strengths, explore areas of growth, understand your own sign, and learn about others. Whether you know your birth chart by heart or are just getting curious about astrology, Reading the Stars is for you. Publishers Weekly says Reading the Stars is an ideal gift for bookworms with a celestial bent. And through October 31st, you can enter to win Book Riot's Reading the Stars with an obvious date celestial print notebook and tote bundle. You can find a link to the giveaway in our show notes, bookriot.com slash all the books. I'll say it again at the end of the show. And again, Reading the Stars by Book Riot is available now wherever books are sold. Patricia, have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet, but I am really excited because like in our Book Riot Slack, like they've been talking about it for months and I'm like, yeah, I I want to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> it's really beautiful. So now I'm going to talk about another amazing book that is out today. It is called Anywhere You Run by Wanda M. Morris. Morris is the author of All Her Little Secrets, which is a mystery that came out last year, I think. Like All Her Little Secrets, this Anywhere You Run is a paperback original. I loved All Her Little Secrets. It was great. But I think that Anywhere You Run is even better And apparently, everyone agrees with me. It has received multiple starred reviews, and Publishers Weekly just named it one of the best mysteries of 2022. They denounced a couple weeks ago that All Her Little Secrets is going to be either a series or a movie. And I have no doubt that anywhere you run, if it hasn't already been picked up, it will soon because it's excellent. Because of the content in this book, I do want to give my trigger warnings up front for racism, racialized violence, police violence, and sexual assault. It is about two sisters, Violet and Marigold. They live in Mississippi during the, in the Jim Crow South in 1964. Uh, in their state, the president has declared that people are no longer allowed to segregate their restaurants or refuse service to black people, but nobody is enforcing these rules. Um, It's still a violent, tense area to live. This is several months after the assassination of Medgar Evers and a month after the death in Mississippi of the three young civil rights workers. Violet and Marigold are in their early 20s. Um, They are all alone in their family house. Their sister, Rose, their oldest sister, died 10 years earlier, and their mother and father have since also passed on. There are different narrators for the book, and we learn that Violent says she is responsible for her sister Rose's death. We don't know why, but she feels that because of what happened to her sister, that is why her parents did not live much longer after. And as the book goes on, the story of what happened to Rose unfolds. Now, Violet is as stubborn and carefree as her sister Marigold is cautious. She doesn't want to abide by the rules. She doesn't want to stay home. She likes to go out at night. Uh, And unfortunately, one night when she is walking home from a bar, she is attacked and raped by a local white man who is notorious for doing this to young black women. And of course, when they go to the police to report him, they blame her for it and try almost basically to jail her because of it. And so she, you know, drops it. But then a few weeks later, she takes her father's gun and she kills him. Uh, And after shooting this man, she goes on the run. Now, Marigold works for a civil rights nonprofit. She wants to go to school someday and become a lawyer and fight for black rights. Unfortunately, her dreams are kind of shattered when she discovers that she is pregnant. Uh, She has a boyfriend that she's had since high school. It is not his baby. It is the child of a lawyer that she works with. And she finds out very quickly that he has no interest in helping her out. And the shame of being unwed and pregnant when there are already so many things that are denied to her 
is too much for her. And she also realizes that because of what Violet has done, the police are going to blame somebody for the murder of the white man. And they probably won't really care which of the sisters they take in. So she also makes the decision to leave their town. Now, Violet has also crossed a young white man in their town who was in love with her. She, he, she kind of uses him to escape and he's really upset about it. And he hires an unscrupulous man known for his tracking skills. He's, he's a very shady character. Uh, he wants this man to find her. So he's on the lookout for Violet. Uh, meanwhile, Violet has hidden herself in another small town, but she is not as safe as she thinks. And she may have gone straight from the frying pan to the fire. Can the sisters ever find peace and or each other again? This is an excellent crime novel. This is an excellent historical novel. Morris is a fantastic writer. And this is just, I've already said this adjective. I'm going to say it again. This is just excellent. It's fast. It's a fast paced story. It's so compelling. And it is in turn heart pounding and heartbreaking. It's called Anywhere You Run. And it's by Wanda M. Morris. That sounds intense. <laughs> It is really intense. Like, like when I first started reading it, I was like, this doesn't sound like much of a mystery crime thing. But but then you get into it, and it is, definitely. Oh, my gosh. So for my first pick, it is a book that is not out today. It already came out. It is Rest is Resistance, a manifesto by Trisha Hersey. So like I said, this book actually came out earlier this month, but I absolutely must tell you all about it because, wow, I need to read it multiple times because it's one of those books that has majorly shifted my way of thinking about certain things, namely rest and productivity. Trisha Hersey is the founder of the NAP Ministry, and she wants us all to rest. She believes that liberation does not come from exhaustion, that burnout is not our path to freedom. Much of Trisha Hersey's movement is rooted in capitalism's tie to the African Holocaust, also known as the transatlantic slave trade. Enslaved Africans and eventually enslaved Black people were not allowed to rest, much less have leisure, to daydream, to imagine a better future. This ministry is the antithesis of productivity, the opposite of grind culture. Hersey doesn't want us to hustle, she wants us to lie down, to divest completely from productivity culture and capitalism and the addictive machine that is social media. When I first heard of the NAP ministry, I thought about the incredibly successful Black people I've seen, like the director Ava DuVernay, wearing shirts that say, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. And I frequently think, what if my ancestors didn't dream of huge success, but instead they dreamt of rest? They dreamt of slowing down and moving at their own pace. What if they dreamt for time to themselves? I personally have a love-hate relationship with productivity. For those of you who are loyal listeners, you know that earlier this year, I raised my little white flag and said, I'm tired, something's got to give when it comes to the show. And then everyone else was like, oh, thank God, me too. And we were structured to be a more sustainable venture. But I still feel like, okay, now I have all this time where I'm not reading 14 books a month, and instead I'm responsible for reading two books a month, and I feel compelled to fill this time with all kinds of other things. 
Rest is resistance is not only about not filling every moment with productivity, but also having rest for rest's sake. And that is the part that utterly blew my mind, to rest without the goal of then having more energy to do more. Not resting to fill your empty cup just to pour yourself out again for other people. The author wants you to break the cup. No cup. Just naps and daydreams. Just not taking part in the attention economy. She makes it very clear that rest is not a privilege. Rest is not something to be earned. We all deserve rest by merely existing. She definitely addresses the folks who are saying, if I rest, then I can't pay the bills and feed my family. She's been there. In fact, that is where she was when she began the nap ministry. After the preface and introduction, the book is broken into four main parts, and each is a call to action. Rest, dream, resist, and imagine. This is an absolutely phenomenal book, and if you think it's not for you because you're not Black, I promise it's for you. If you are living under capitalism, if you are on social media, if you are tired not only physically, but emotionally, psychologically, spiritually tired, this book is for you. It's Rest is Resistance, a manifesto by Trisha Hersey. I had the privilege of seeing her discuss this book in a publisher's event several months ago and just was completely mesmerized by everything that she was saying. Absolutely. Like, huh, huh, you know, it's it's amazing. I have a copy of it. I haven't read it yet, but I, I do look forward to reading it soon. Yeah. So my next pick for today is actually a threefer because I did not enjoy a lot of the books that I read today. And so I'm going to talk about a few graphic novels that I have read and loved uh, over the last uh, few weeks, or or I should say are coming out or have come out over the last few weeks. I read almost all of these a long time ago, but uh, I've been reading graphic novels. I realized uh, many months ago that I had a ton of them, both ones that had already been released and ones that were coming up. And I started reading one in between each like prose book that I read. Um, and it was a really great way to get a whole bunch of them under my belt. And also I found a whole bunch of great, great books. And they're just so relaxing and just usually kind. And I loved them. So I'm going to kick it off. I have three of them. I'm going to kick it off with Prunella and the Cursed Skull Ring by Matthew Liu. This one came out last week. It's about a young girl named Prunella. She lives in this sort of, I don't know kind of medieval looking village but also more contemporary uh with her mother who is an absolute nightmare um sliding doors reference she's like cruella Deville's less nice sister uh and one day when prunella is playing she's digging in the backyard or near the house somewhere can't remember and she finds this really cool looking ring and when she puts it on it turns her into a skeleton all of a sudden, she has, like, her hair, and she has her bow, and she has her clothes, but everything else, she's a skeleton. But she's still her. She's walking. She's talking. She's still her. But, of course, when she goes to her mother, her mother's like, ah, a monster. And, like, monsters are, like, what everyone is afraid of in this town. No one's actually seen a monster. There have been no monsters in their town. But it's all anybody talks about, like, maybe a monster did it. Maybe a monster could be responsible. Maybe, you know, monsters are going to get in. So she goes, and her mother's like, ah, a monster. And then everyone's like, ah, a monster. 
And they chase her out of town, even though she's saying, like, no, it's just me, Prunella. I have this ring. And she can't get it off her finger. That's why she can't change back. And she's like, I'm stuck with this ring, and I've been thrown out of my home. And it's it's a little bit of, like, the Star versus the Forces of Evil monster storyline. Um, you know, where, like, everybody's afraid of monsters, but nobody really knows them. And Which is also an amazing cartoon. If you've not watched it, it's excellent. I highly recommend it. Uh, so she goes into the woods because she doesn't know what else to do. And as she's walking, she comes across this village. And it's populated by monsters. And they have a farmer's market. And they have a restaurant. And everyone's so nice to her. And she's like, huh, I had no idea that monsters were so nice or that any of this existed. And she talks to some people and they say, you know, oh, we know somebody that you can speak to about getting the ring off and turning back into a human because that's that's her end goal. She wants to get this ring off. Um, and she goes on these adventures and she makes new friends and along the way, you know, begins to wonder if maybe humans aren't the monsters. Spoiler, they are. Um, it just has like the most adorable artwork. It made me long for more Rutabaga the Adventure Chef which is a book I talked about many years ago. There were two volumes, but I don't think there's been one in like six or seven years. Although maybe he's still doing it online as a webcomic, but I loved those books. Also made me long for Bone. Anything that has people going on adventures makes me long for rereading Bone by Jeff Smith, which is, if you've never read it, just amazing. Um, so that one is Prunella and the Cursed Skull Ring by Matthew Liu. I read a YA graphic novel called Thieves by Lucy Bryan, which came out at the beginning of October. Uh, it's about Ella, who has a huge crush on Madeline. They are both in high school. Madeline doesn't know how Ella feels about her. Uh, but they become friends, and they start hanging out, and they go to a party. And after the party, Ella wakes up, and she's surrounded by some objects that she doesn't know how she got them, but she knows that they're not hers, and she doesn't really remember the party. But she's too embarrassed to say anything to Maddie because she realizes that she must have stolen these items from the house that they went to. Uh, and she doesn't want to say anything to Maddie to make Maddie not like her. And as their relationship progresses, it turns out they're both hiding secrets and eventually the truth is going to have to come out. This book has gorgeous artwork. I loved the very muted color palette that it uses. And it really captures the awkwardness of high school and friendship and first love. So this one is Thieves by Lucy Bryan. And the other one I want to mention today, I, I think I've already talked about it on the show before because I'm smitten with this book. I think that's the word I want. I'm just smitten. Uh, it comes out next week, actually, on November 1st. It's called The Wondrous Wonders by Camille Jordy. It's an Alice in Wonderland type graphic novel for young readers, middle grade readers, for everyone. You know, I'm almost 50. I loved it. It has the most amazing watercolor art. It's about a girl named Joe. She's like nine or 10. Uh, her parents have divorced and now she's spending time at an outdoor event with her new step family. And she's really mad about it. So she goes storming off into the woods. Uh, and as she goes into the woods, she gets a little lost. And suddenly she comes across creatures that can talk and walk and have their own like villages. She meets foxes and elves and the talking ponies that are the wondrous wonders of the story. Uh, and she ends up at a big giant mansion, a party owned by the petulant emperor Tomcat, who is like a cross between the Red Queen and Prince John in the Robin Hood cartoon. Um, he's great and he's a brat. And it's just a whole bunch of nonsensical fun. Like there's not like a whole lot of storyline or reason for the things that happen in this book, but it's just really great fun. And the artwork is really striking. It's done in like these watercolor pastels. I would frame 
almost every picture in this book and put it on my wall if I could. Um, and that is The Wondrous Wonders by Camille Jordy. And that's my, my three for, for delectable art for your eyes and brain. Nice. Bonus. Um, let's see. For my next pick, I have The Call Out, a novel in rhyme by Cat Fitzpatrick. This book is out new today. It is a novel in verse, and I think this is actually the first time I've read a novel in verse, and I liked it. It was messy and funny and sometimes heartbreaking. It is a story about seven queer women, six of whom are trans, living and loving and failing in Brooklyn, New York. I think that some descriptions of the book only mention six women in total, but the narrator is also an integral part of this story, though she goes unnamed through most of the book. She's a bit like a Greek chorus, though not exactly. The callout is reminiscent of the Russian classic Eugene Onegin, a mid-19th century novel in verse by Alexander Pushkin about aristocrats infighting and addressing their arguments with firearms. And I am way oversimplifying, but you get it. And the callout, instead of the characters using physical violence to solve disagreements, they use the mode du jour, which is the online callout and the idea of canceling someone. The book starts on a New Year's Eve. Everything feels fresh and new and the air is thick with possibility. Our narrator is at a bar and witnesses some interactions and possibly some couples forming. First are Day and Bet. Bet makes money being a cam girl and Day has the 9 to 5 job she had since she before she had transitioned. For a while, Bet and Day seem to improve each other's lives. Day has a spacious apartment she is willing to share and Bet teaches Day to embrace her sexuality. Now we have Keiko and Gaia. Keiko is maybe 19 or 20 and an artist. Gaia is maybe a couple years older. They have a magical evening where they get drunk and play whiskey slaps and make out no sex and talk and talk until they fall asleep together at Keiko's flat. Keiko has a huge crush on Gaia moving forward, but it is unrequited. The final couple we have are Kate and Ashvi. Ashvi is the one cis woman in the story, and she and Kate are trying to have a baby, which in this case means that Kate needs to start producing sperm again. In order to do that, she's going to need to go off of estrogen and start producing testosterone again, which is incredibly difficult in many ways. And Kate has a bit of a freak out after a few months and feels like she needs to dive headfirst into trans community work and help the younger, newly hatched trans women in, in navigating life. Our narrator is not only witness, but also a participant in all of the mess that ensues. I cannot speak specifically to the trans woman community, but there are so many things in this book that are present in the wider queer community that are both hilarious and cringy. Reading this makes me want to reread Kai Chang Tom's I Hope We Choose Love, A Trans Girl's Notes from the End of the World. This messy, funny novel and verse I recommend is The Call Out by Kat Fitzpatrick. Okay, so those are books that we have read and recommend. 
And now we are going to talk about a few more of today's releases, both in hardcover and paperback, that we're excited about but haven't necessarily read. I am going to start with Strike the Zither by Joan He. Now, I wish that I could tell you that I read this book and I was so excited to read this book. Joan He is the author of The Ones We're Meant to Find and Descendant of the Crane. But it turns out that I lost the copy somewhere in my house. And thus, it has now pushed me to start straightening my library. Like, I never used to have these problems. I always knew where all the books were in my house. And once I start losing things and don't know where things are, I realize that's that's a problem. So they were kind enough to send me a copy. And I was like, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I dug all through my house. So I will say that I did come across it this morning. But then I went out TV shopping and, you know, didn't have a chance to read it. But I'm going to read it as soon as I can, probably after I set up my TV. Uh, this is also a YA fantasy. Like I said, it's called Strike the Zither by Joan He. And it sounds really great. It takes place in 414, which just sounds weird to say, uh, during the Zin Dynasty. And Zephyr is the main character who is the best strategist in their land and serves under a warlord list. There's like these three wardless three warlord lists is this that's a hard word to say warlord lists warlordesses yeah that's what i want and uh zephyr works for one of them and has to go undercover to infiltrate an enemy camp uh to save all the people that are following the warlordess that she works for but then meets someone else there who might possibly it sounds like kind of change her mind or try to talk her into changing sides and there's some fantasy going on, like maybe not everybody that she's encountering is human or might have some magical abilities. Um, the whole thing sounds amazing. I mean, if you've read Joan He before, she's just incredible. Descendant of the Crane was an amazing fantasy. The ones we're meant to find was an incredible climate change, you know, sort of dystopian uh, YA novel about these two sisters that just broke my heart into pieces. So... Um, I'm very disappointed that I did not get to it in time for the show, but I'm excited to be mentioning it to you now, and hopefully I'll be able to say next week, like, hey, I read that book, and it rocked. This is Strike the Zither by Joan He. So for my next pick, I have Fetish, a collection of Victorian erotic stories by Anonymous. I know this is an all-ages show, but I'm putting it out there that this one is not for children. It is a new book today, and I have not read it yet, but I shall. I love collections of erotica like this because, like, the title is Fetish. Okay, and it says the stories are Victorian. All right, but those are both huge umbrellas, so you really don't know what you're going to get. In my experience, it's always a mix of things. Like, eh, this story didn't float my boat, but this other one, sure, tickles my fancy, or frenches my fries, shivers me timbers. <laughs> um, it's an all-ages show, so please give me a break. The description says that there are 10 stories, which I find fascinating because the book is 560 pages long. So are all of these technically novellas? They might be. 
The stories promise a wide range from incredibly tender to thoroughly taboo. So surely there is something in here to flip the pancakes of most readers. I will not be telling you what I think about it when I read it because this is not that kind of show, but I do encourage you to pick up a copy. It is Fetish, a collection of Victorian erotic stories by Anonymous. All right, and before we hear about our final picks, we're going to hear from another sponsor. All right, so my last pick for today that I look forward to reading is Toil and Trouble, A Women's History of the Occult by Lisa Kroger and Melanie R. Anderson. They are also the co-authors of Monster She Wrote, The Women Who Pioneered Horror and Speculative Fiction, which came out a couple of years ago and won a bunch of awards and was really great. This is a look at the magical women and non-binary people in American history, uh, from Salem up to witch talk, which I did not know was a thing, which T-O-K, and it just sounds like a great time. They talk about the spirit mediums who became celebrities in the 19th century, to activist witches, to people who are on TikTok, which... Again, I didn't know it was a thing. I keep saying witch, which is awesome uh, because we're talking about witches. But uh, you, we'll get to hear about uh, the witch who tried to make a magical army to stop Adolf Hitler. There's Brie Luna, who is the hood witch on a social media star. I don't know what hood witch means, but I'm going to find out. Uh, there's uh, Nancy Reagan's personal psychic, Joan Quigley. Marie Laveau, who is the voodoo queen of New Orleans. They talk about Elvira and so many more. It's going to be a great time. It's called Toil and Trouble, A Women's History of the Occult by Lisa Kruger and Melanie R. Anderson. That one is definitely on my TBR. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It also has like a really great sort of tie-in cover to their last book. I love it when they sort of like match. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm one of those people that like you start buying the series and then they change the covers halfway through. And I have to get, like, all the ones that match again because <sighs> my brain's, like, doesn't look the same. <laughs> For my last pick, I have Unprotected, a memoir by Billy Porter. This is a paperback release today. I have not yet read it, but, of course, it's on my endless TBR pile and it's been there since it came out last year. Billy Porter is an Academy Award away from being an EGOT, as he has a Tony Award, an Emmy Award, and a Grammy Award already. But, oh, he has many other awards. Drama Desk Award, Outer Critics Circle Award. The list goes on and on, which, frankly, is unsurprising because he's so immensely talented. He simply cannot be ignored. Most memoirs, especially queer memoirs, especially black memoirs, are not all sunshine and rainbows. This memoir offers a view into the trauma Porter experienced being a gay black boy growing up in Pittsburgh. When he was five, he was sent to therapy in order to fix his effeminacy. He was sexually abused by his stepfather and bullied endlessly. This is... Also a story about finding himself, trusting himself and nurturing his talent that would eventually help lift him away from this abuse. 
I was a child in the 80s. I cannot imagine the terror of being a gay black boy in the 80s. Pretty sure this one is going to make me cry when I read it, but I am definitely looking forward to it. It's Unprotected, a memoir by Billy Porter. All right. So those are books that we have read and loved and books that we are excited to read. Unrelated, I realized at some point in there I said that I'm almost 50, but actually I just turned 46, so I don't think that counts as almost 50. Nah. For those of you keeping score at home. <laughs> um, but I feel like I'm almost 50. My body feels like it's almost 90, so <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. I guess I'm just going to keep saying I'm almost 50 now. Um, so now I'm going to talk about some paperbacks, both hardcovers out in paperback and paperback originals, starting with a book I talked about on the show in hardcover. It is The Collective by Allison Galen, which is one of the best thrillers I read last year about a woman whose daughter, uh, a teenage daughter, dies, and the boy who is responsible for her death is not held accountable, and she's just seething with rage. She doesn't know what to do, and she finds out about this collective on the dark web of uh, mothers who are angry about the loss of their children and talk about what they would do if if they could get revenge. But then it turns out that their revenge is actually not just hypothetical, and she gets drawn into these dangerous plots. You Can Go Your Own Way by Eric Smith. Woohoo, Eric Smith, former writer. This is a YA enemies to lovers romance about two high school friends who have had a falling out, and now one is trying to save his family's failing pinball arcade while the other's father is attempting to purchase it. Go Home Ricky by Jean Kwok, which is about a young native wrestler on the small circuit hoping to break into the big time. The Children on the Hill by Jennifer McMahon. Great book to read this time of year. I can't remember if I talked about it on the show when it came out, but this is a sort of Frankenstein-inspired story set in two timelines in Vermont about the head doctor of a treatment center uh, for children who might also be doing something kind of sketchy on the side with these kids. And then uh, in present day, one of the children from the center is now an adult talking about things that are going on. I don't want to spoil it for you, so I can't really say anything. This one, this next one, The Bones of Ruin by Sarah Raleigh, uh, was a book riot favorite. So many people have talked about how amazing this book is. I have not read it yet, uh, but it's about an African tightrope walker in Victorian London who can't die. It's the first in a series. I think the second one comes out soon. Sounds fantastic. Frankie and Bug by Gail Foreman. This is Foreman's middle grade debut about two young friends in the summer of 1987. And then a few paperback originals out today I wanted to mention. This first one, I don't know anything about, but it has amazing reviews, so I thought I would bring it up. It's called The Boxing Baroness, a witty Regency historical romance by Minerva Spencer, it's a romance about, yes, the boxing baroness, a.k.a. Marianne Simpson, a boxer in her uncle's circus called Farnham's Fantastical Female Fair, uh, and is based on a real woman in history. So that sounds fascinating. There's also The Stand-Up Groomsman by Jackie Lau. Lau is the author of Don't Fall in Love, which I think we talked about on the show. Uh, this is a romance about a woman whose roommate gets engaged to a famous actor, and she can't stand the famous actor's friend who is a famous stand-up comedian, but she has to spend all this time with him because wedding plans, and you know what happens. And also, A Touch of Moonlight by Yava S. Santos, which is a YA, oh no, excuse me, it's an adult novel, I think, uh, about a woman who is working as a brand manager and trying to take care of her aging relatives while also hiding the fact that she's a mythical creature 
of Dominican folklore, which means her feet are on backwards, which just sounds so fascinating. I can't wait to read this one. Sounds really fun. Uh, So those are paperback releases for today. Now, Patricia, what are you going to read next? Ooh, let's see. So I am most of the way through of Rust in the Root by Justina Ireland, and I've been taking it really slow because I've just been savoring it, but I think I'm going to try to finish it today. I'm also about to start White Women, Everything You Already Know About Your Own Racism and How to Do Better by Regina Jackson and Syra Rao. It's out November 1st. And also At Midnight, 15 Beloved Fairy Tales Reimagined, edited by Dahlia Adler. And that is out November 22nd. How about you? What are you reading? So uh, last week, a biography came out uh, about Hilma Afklint who was a Swedish painter. This is called Hilma Afklint, a biography by Julia Voss and translated by Anne Poston. We all have gaps to our education. I had never heard of Klint. She painted, or she was born like in the 1860s and and lived until the 1940s, uh, painted these amazing abstract paintings. Um, But I had a friend who told me about her uh, a couple of months ago, and they sent me a text message. And so her name is Hilma, and then in lowercase letters, A-F, and then capital K and Clint. I thought they were saying her name was Hilma AF Clint, as in like <laughs> badass, you know. I didn't realize it was actually part of her name until I looked up some books about her. I thought they were just saying like, she's a really awesome painter, you know, like you want to check her out. I think it's an understandable mistake in this day and age of texting and, and you know, shorthand. So yeah, she does amazing stuff. Uh, I... This is now like the third book about her that I have. Uh, there's a novelization of her life coming out from several authors next year that I just saw in the catalog. And I believe they're making a documentary about her. Um, so you're going to be hearing a lot more about her soon. Her paintings are just amazing AF, I guess I should say. Uh, <laughs> and I just want to make a quick note that last week, I think it was last week I mentioned I was reading The Deep Sky by Yumi Katasi, And... It comes out in July, and it was amazing. Um, I loved it. If you love, like, a spaceship, we're going to sleep in, in, you know, cryostasis for many years and head towards a new planet, and there's no going back. No one's ever going to hear from us again. We're going to try and, you know, save the world kind of spaceship story. Like, this is amazing. It's so good. It's also a mystery. It's like a thriller. Like, somebody on board is, or somebody somewhere is trying to jeopardize their mission which is to go reach a new a new sun because the earth is falling apart of course and i just i loved it so so much so that is all for today thank you to our sponsors thank you to our awesome audio editor jen zinc uh, you can check out reading the stars astrology for book lovers by book riot it's available now wherever books are sold you can find the link in our show notes to win a copy and some goodies you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. You can find us online. Patricia and I hang out. Uh, Patricia hangs out on Twitter at the info file. I hang out on Instagram at friends and comes alive. You can also find Patricia there. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. 
And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.